You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek podcast. This episode presented by Associate Minister Julie Blinko. This morning's reading is taken from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, uh, verses 1 to 20. You can find it on page 815 in the Pew Bibles. <clears throat> they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet them. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him any more, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained, hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When Jesus saw him from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. Then they came to Jesus. Sorry, when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind and they were afraid. Those who had seen this told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Hear the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. I'm going to start by praying.
Heavenly Father, your word is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. We pray that you would open our ears, open our hearts, open our eyes to see what you want to say, do amongst us today. Lord, speak through me, I pray, and we invite you to have your full way here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I used to disciple a girl called Mariana. She was about 17 at the age that I met her, and she was very polite and giggly and very, very anxious when I, when I met her. She got more and more anxious, and I met her for a couple of years. And in those years, I, it was quite obvious, particularly at the beginning, just how much self-hatred there was behind the giggly, nervous, polite, smiley girl. She had so much self-loathing. She thought she was undeserving of anything good, unworthy of love, unlovable, and she hated being noticed. It was quite astounding. When I met her family, I could see a little bit, I understood, I should say, where that came from. Um, the way that they spoke to her told me that's all she'd heard her whole life through. But what broke my heart was her parents had even deeper self-loathing towards themselves. And I began to see um, there were many complexities in this family. I worked with Mariana and met her regularly and started looking at what God said about her and the deliverance over several years. It wasn't an instant one like we heard today in the story, but the deliverance over several years, both through prayer ministry, through reading the Bible, through talking through issues, was astounding. First she learnt about what God was like, then she learnt about what God said about her, and she began to understand her worth, that she was lovable, that she was worthy of notice, that she was worthy of good things, and the 10 years later, I look at her life now and see what she's done. Knowing her own wealth, she couldn't help, but her face looked brighter, her life is brighter, just her whole countenance has changed. The clothes she wears are heaps different. She's obviously shared her life as a witness to her family. She's gone on to disciple and mentor many other young women in particular, teaching them about their worth and that they're lovable and that God sees them and notices them. She's raising children of her own now in a way that, um, that fears God and that loves God. And she um, has a lot to do with the disability sector. And she's working now on government policy and academic papers trying to increase the sense of self-worth and honour and dignity for those um, that have physical disability. All of this because one life was transformed. One person noticed and understood and was set free from her old life, her old ways of thinking, and the difference has been astounding, both in her life, her family's life, and now a whole industry. As we heard the story today, we see another person's life who was set free. We just see a little bit of a snippet of it. For him to be set free, Jesus had to cross that lake to start with. Sounds small, but back then, the Jews and all things holy were on one side of the lake, the Gentiles and all things worldly, to make a really um, simple definition division of it, were on the other side. So him, the holy one, what's he doing crossing the lake to start with? Hasn't anyone told him where he belongs? Jesus wasn't confined by geography or by demographics or by social groups. He went where the Spirit led him. Jesus' life also was a life that was on mission. He didn't think, I volunteer, I'm volunteering for these two hours, I better do my thing. You know, here's someone in need, this is my two weeks, two hours a week. No, his whole life was a mission 
of bringing the rule and reign of Jesus to the people, the suburbs, the locations that he met and he encountered. You know, you would have heard a lot about the demons in this story. And I just want to mention a few things. He had, they do exist. He had authority over them. They had to do what he said. And today, when we pray in Jesus' name, he gives us that same authority for things to take. But today I want to focus on the one that was set free and his response to that freedom. We may not usually meet this kind of person today. I think I'd be a little bit terrified if I did. Someone who was alone in the hills, cutting himself with stones, isolated and possessing a strength that could break through chains. We can pick out from this that he was physically in much anguish, not just harming himself with the stones, but yelling out day and night. You can imagine the local fishermen probably hearing his wails and thinking, oh, there's the crazy guy in the hills again, crying out. Emotionally, he was isolated. We can only guess, I imagine, depressed, anxiety, hopelessness, who knows, the torment of his soul. And spiritually, we're told he was tortured by a demon called Legion because there were many, a darkness to his soul and a cloud of heaviness. And yet, he wasn't dismissed. Jesus knew he was there. And with a word, he was set free from all those things. As Simon said, going from one who was tortured and tormented to one who walked with a sound mind. It's phenomenal. Just one of many stories. Now, before I go on, I'm going to break here and we're going to look at a short French film. The French film is in French. There's one word you'll need to know, liberté, which means freedom. There you go. I've translated for you. And as we watch this film, I want you to think of the parallels that we've just heard in this man's life. We'll come back to it shortly and see his response. Thanks, Chris.
Jesus came to set the captives free. Each time I see that film, I see different aspects that you could parallel with the gospel and what he does in people's lives. It said that hurt people hurt people. I'd like to also suggest that transformed people transform people. This man, when he experienced freedom, he tasted and saw that things were good. This is more colour than I've known. There's a life beyond what I've known. Throw myself into it. Come back and dress up my cave. Actually, there's beyond the cave. There's a whole life of freedom and colour. And what does he do with that freedom? Does he go climb a mountain? Maybe he does later, but he decides, actually, I can't help but set freedom, give freedom to the other people. I can't help but share with others the news that I've learnt, how to access that freedom, in our case, through Jesus Christ. What a powerful thing we see in that film. What a powerful thing we see in Mariana's life. Someone who's set free from the mental captivity that she had, She couldn't help but share those tools of freedom with others. She can't help but disciple other people about how good Jesus is. She couldn't help but change the industry she worked in, the place that she had influence. She couldn't help but bring that to others. One person's changed life has ramifications far beyond that person's life. Let's continue in this story and see what the man did. Verse 18, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. What do you think Jesus said here? I think you should go to a theological college, actually, and get three years of study before you're qualified to do such things. Who are you to just join me like this? Of course not. What does he say? Does he say, come and join me and my merry men and women of gospel, the Jesus squad going round to the little villages? He doesn't say that either, which is surprising because he does say that at other times. No, he says to him, verse 19, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. I wonder if for this man, going back to his own people, was actually the scariest option. I'd much rather go with you, Jesus. These people think I'm wacko. Well, go back and show them what the Lord has done because your life will be the witness of what I'm like. Your life is the best story ever of what Jesus has done. And if he's done that for you, who knows what he could do for them. He sent them out as his first missionary. You know their language. They know your history. You're the best person to reach your community. So the man went away, verse 20, and began to tell people how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Friends, if the Lord has done something in your life today, set you free, healed you, comforted you in sadness, answered your prayers, shown himself to you, Jesus would say, go and tell others. Maybe you're thinking, I did. I did in my life group, actually, I did. Or I did in Thanksgiving service last week. And I say, wonderful, that's a great place to start. But your story of freedom is going to be the key to other people's freedom that don't yet even know Christ. So I encourage you, use that story and share it with those that desperately need hope and help and an answer from their, for their own lives. The man shows us we don't need to be going overseas to be the one who tells others 
our own life is the very best story we own. Now, we've learnt that in Aussie culture, in a post-Judeo-Christian world, often it helps for people to belong before they believe. Now, what I mean by that is for people to belong to a Jesus squad or a group of believers, and they get to see this is how faith works. Look at the love between these guys. They wouldn't normally even be friends. What are they all doing hanging out together? These guys really believe God answers prayers. And they belong and they begin to see the love that God has. And they begin to question what's behind this. And they come to belief. You might know in your own life there's a similar transition. Not always, but it tends to be a trend. And I'm encouraged that our church is already doing many of these things. There's a list here um, of all the local mission teams that we're involved in. Actually, all minus one, I found out. So oh, that'll come. But all the local mission teams in Nilambik, these are the groups of believers we have going out, crossing the lake, crossing the boundaries, so to speak, to reach others, one person at a time. And I'm going to invite three people up today just to share briefly about the local mission team they're in. So if you're one of those three, Barry, Linda and Ross, can you come up, please? We'll start with Barry. Barry's a part of our local missions team called Kids Hope. One child, one hour uh, per week. Can you tell us a little bit what's been happening there? Sure. Um... I've been involved in Kids Hope now for the last five years. Um, first few years I was just a, a mentor and now in the last couple of years I've been a coordinator as well. Kids Hope's been in Australia now for 15 years. It's, uh, it's a tremendous organisation, as Julie has just said. It, it, it just simply work on the basis of what, having one child, uh, one hour, uh, one day a week with one church and one school and it's been a tremendous sort of thing because a, a, a child who is struggling on many uh, aspects whether it's academic or behavioural or those sorts of things gets this opportunity to spend one hour with one person and uh, it's been really good not just for the child's development but I have to say for my development as well which has been a really important part of it. I've been very fortunate that I've had... Um, the same child since grade two and he's about to finish and graduate in grade six and it's been a it's been a tremendous journey just to actually spend that time with him and see him grow and develop over that period of time and uh, it's been very rewarding I've, I've got a lot out of it and I I hope he's also had a, a, a great amount out of it as well um, he's a he's a lovely little guy he's got he's a real character uh, he uh, he's a shocking cheat. He's all of those sort of things. He gives you, you know, he'll always want to win a game if he can uh, that we play. Um, but it, it's to to just spend that time with him, and that means so much to him that he gets that one hour uh, with someone. And when we first started, <clears throat> he uh, he always used to say, "Who else are you going to see?" Um, after you see me and I said it's no one it's just you you're the only one and he used to ask that question a lot about are you going to go see someone else and uh, and I said no it's just you and that's the really important part of this project and this program that we run and I think uh, to see uh, that him during this time starting off with uh, the very first time I met him 
he was uh, in trouble because he was throwing um, pine cones at other kids. Um, but he just seems to have, have grown. And I, for, I don't take that credit to see that he has, uh, he has grown like this because there's been so many other people in his life that he has, uh, that has been helpful to him, that his teachers, um, his mother, his grandparents, um, is the principal of the school. And I think, you know, this has been such an important part uh, um, for him to actually grow. So he's about to graduate from grade six, and we're going to finish up together. For, uh, you know, and after five years, that's, a, that's going to be a big wrench because uh, you go, grow very fond of, uh, of spending your time with this little guy, and, uh, and I've enjoyed that very much. So I want to see him uh, graduate. I'm going to his graduation and, uh, and to see him um, finish off. And I've just noticed in the last few weeks or so that he's becoming very sentimental and he's going back to what we used to do when we, uh, when we first used to go together as grade two kids. So he's got me playing hide and seek for heaven's sake and uh, uh, he's still cheating, he's still doing all those sort of things but uh, you know, he's, he's actually really sort of probably in his mind going back to where it's been and, and what it's been and to see that to see his development has just been so exciting for me and uh, I'd recommend anyone to come to this program because it's just so um, gratifying uh, and such a pleasure to be able to spend this with, uh, with one child, just one hour, one week. Well done you okay. for playing hide and seek and <laughs> doing what's needed. <laughs> and it, just one example of someone crossing over boundaries to reach others. With the other two, Linda, I'm going to, the explanation of the ministries are out in the board, so I might just ask you to share about, like, so Linda's coming as um, a footy chaplain. What's happening in footy chaplaincy, Linda? Where's God's, God been working? To share just um, a couple of conversations that I've been having because um, um, we are not proselytising, we are not evangelical within this um this mission, so we have to um, we have to wait for people to bring up the uh, the circumstances. So um, I have been getting quite close to um, a great big burly guy, and um, he would he would look down at me and he'd say, um, "Oh, Linda, you know my language is not very good. You know I'll have to apologise in advance." And I said, "That's okay, love. I'll just get a bar of soap and shove it up your mouth." <laughs> I told um, one of the coaches that and he said oh Lindy you can't say that and I thought oh gosh he said no what you need is a squirty soap much easier <laughs> um, we're having a conversation one night and he said um, oh, I'm an atheist Linda and my eyes lit up my heart leapt and I said oh I love my atheists I said we are very much alike and he sort of looked at me cockeyed and I said yes we're both people of faith you believe there's no God, I believe there is a God. Neither of, of us can prove that with facts, so it's a faith statement. And he said, I'll have to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next conversation I had was with a, a, a lovely lady in the club, and, um, and I've often said to her, you have such a pastoral heart. And she said to me one day, what, do you think I should be a chaplain, Linda? And then she looked at me and she said, no, nah, couldn't do it, couldn't do your job at all, I don't know how you do it. And I said to her, well, it helps to have the infinite resources of Almighty God at your disposal. I said, that's the only way I can minister in this club. 
And the last conversation that I had um, just a few days ago, visiting um, someone who'd been taken to hospital suddenly, and um, as I was sitting by his bed, he said, um, you know, Linda, this sort of makes you think about, um, you know, getting old and, uh, you know, what's going to happen. And we'd had a few conversations uh, uh, about that, you know. He said, look, I don't think I'm atheist. I think I might be more agnostic. And um, I said to him, oh, I'll just share a story that I, um, I had with my father-in-law. He was, a, he was a bit of a punter, a bit of a gambler. And I said to him one day, um, you know, if I'm wrong, then you've lost nothing. If I'm right, you've gained everything. And I said, yeah, we, we need to make a decision about, you know, what we do believe. I said, it's, it's too important to leave to chance. And he, he agreed. So those are the conversations, those are the seeds. I pray for that seed that's been sown, that they will be protected, that the enemy won't be able to snatch it away. Um, the first guy I'm going to spend two days with this week, so I'm looking forward to some interesting conversations there. Thank you, Linda. What are you doing there? Final stories by Ross Dorman, who's been involved with the Love Your Neighbours initiative we did last year and we'll be doing again next year. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, Love Thy Neighbours. There was a letter drawn up and we had to approach uh, a business in Diamond Creek and my uh, task was to approach Ashland Thai Restaurant in Diamond Creek, which quite a few of you uh, go to. Lovely restaurant, recommend it. Uh, I presented the letter to them, and um, I can't pronounce their surname. There's 17 letters in their surname. Their, their short name is Tick and M. I presented the letter, they, they read the letter, and their response to me was, uh, what donation do you want? And I said, no, that's not what I'm here for. We're here to connect with you, to pray for you, support your business in the local community. Well, they stopped and looked at me and again said, what donations do you want? No, I had to explain again. Probably lost in uh, communication there. Anyhow, after I explained it again and said, we're here to pray for you and support you, uh, she broke down in tears. And I said, no need for that. She said, but we are Buddhist. And I said, we will have the same faith. We'll support you. Sometime later, I connected with them. I said, is there anything we can pray for? And they said, yes, we've got a very, very, very close friend who comes to our restaurant. He's been diagnosed with cancer. We will pray for him. His name was George. That's all we knew. Anyhow, sometime later, we were back there again. They said, oh, how's George going? They said, he's clear. He's been cured. Thank God for that. We prayed with them. And just recently, the building was up for sale. And they weren't sleeping too well because their uh, contract was just about to expire and they didn't know what's going to happen. We said, we'll pray for you. Sometime later, went back and said, how is the, uh, the new owner? She looked at me and said, are you the new owner? I said, no, I'm not. I haven't got that sort of money. Why? She said, it's all been settled. We have a five-year contract and no increase. We said, 
we'll pray for you even more. So they're just a couple of things that, um, you know, we're here to support them and they were just in tears. And uh, anybody who's looking for connection within the community, here's a couple that really, really took it on board. These are just three stories of many that are going on in our church. In closing, I want to draw your attention to the local mission board. This will be uh, more permanently put up once I've consulted with our property warden. Um, and this, this is basically listing the different local mission teams that we have, and there's spaces here for the leaders of those teams to communicate with you. So, for example, CFA suppers. Um, CFA people are asking us to help sell Christmas trees next Sunday after church. They want to be uh, ready to fight fires and they're asking for our help from 11.30 to 2.30. Uh, community carols, can you help with first aid? Praise God for things that are happening at Leaf Park, Alpha. There's different notices there and I'd encourage you to be looking at it regularly to find out what's happening, both the praise stories and the notices there. In closing... You will have noticed as you walked out there, there's a whole lot of mission boards. Yes, today is the local mission expo. Please do take a look. Take your time to look at all of them. There'll be the team leader or a representative next to the board. And I here's some sample questions. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, how can I support you? What can I do to encourage them? What do they need in 2020? Take a look, and if you want to know more about any one of them, there's a contact, de uh, not detail, but contact name on the poster there. Let me pray. Mighty God, you have come to set the captives free. We thank you for that. We thank you for us who you have set free, God, and we thank you for the work you are still doing amongst us. Lord, would you anoint and commission us to be freedom fighters for the people in our neighbourhood, the things that you've done in our life, God, Prompt us to be ones that share and tell others so that they can experience and know your love and your freedom as well. We praise you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek. If you have any questions about this podcast, send us an email, questions at stjohnsdc.org.au. 